It's a tough one, this one. It's a tough listen back. I don't think I managed to get across my real dislike for Chelsea. I don't know if it comes out enough. And I think that's probably because there's so many components across the club, men's team, women's team, coaches, the way the teams play, that I really like and admire. Um, there are, of course, however, loads of things that I don't, and I really don't like them as a club. But hey-ho, um, if you win the Champions League twice in nine years, all the hiring and firing, I don't know, I guess it's kind of worth it, isn't it? Um, yeah, Lauren and I go through the final, kind of put this season in context and look ahead to what's next for this Chelsea side. Lauren, thanks a lot for your time and hope you enjoy. Right, 30, 36 hours after Chelsea won the Champions League, I'm here with a drunk, still drunk, Lawrence Fitzgerald? No. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, how are you feeling? Your team, the Champions of Europe, for the second time in nine years. I'm actually, I'm buzzing. I really am. I think I, like, I didn't, I didn't celebrate on Saturday night, really, because I don't think I was convinced that it had happened. Because I'd, I'd like mentally prepared to to lose that game, and when we scored, I didn't really celebrate. I was sort of just sat waiting for it to get called offside, or waiting <laughs> for someone to te- like them to just respond really quickly. And then the final whistle went, and all the players were celebrating, and that's when I started to get a bit emotional because it was sort of the first time I've. As a Chelsea fan, the first time I've sort of really closely followed a season in which we have won the Champions League. Obviously, we won it previously, but I wasn't as like avidly following the men's game then. So it felt like seeing like the hard work come to a to an end. It was just like a feeling of satisfaction rather than me just like jumping around the room. I was like, okay, this is this is good, and to see all the kids lifting the trophy, like the young players as well. That was just just great so I was like emotional emotional is how I'd describe it in a word mm-hmm. I bet I think that's the scary part is like so many of those players are so young yeah like it's yeah. not like Lampard and Terry Jogba who are kind of like twilight years one last hurrah Reese James is 21 <laughs> yeah when Chelsea last won it it was players sort of nearing the end of their career and like having worked for it for a really long time, but it really was like a team of youngsters and academy kids, um, with the exception of Thiago Silva, I guess he's like thirty six. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was just yeah, it was great to just see like I don't know, it felt like the beginning of maybe a really good phase for Chelsea, rather than like the end of one. In a season as well, where you've changed manager, that's pretty special. Yeah, yeah, and the same. I think we the same thing happened last time. It was when we won the Champions League before was a was a a switch mid season switch. But um, I read a I was reading a thing in the New York Times. It was like a really flowery kind of review of the Champions League final, and it was talking about how like Chelsea are a team that thrives on chaos, and how like we seem to do better when we make like these rash decisions and just like emergency patch something midway through a season and I mean like it seems to be true but I'm hoping that maybe we that that isn't something we always have to do in order to win that feels very dramatic but yeah I think 
to see to see a turnaround like if we, like six months ago I don't think I would have ever been expecting us to be in the position we're in now be like finishing top four and Champions League winners is just was entirely unthinkable I was like I'll just be happy if we don't finish bottom of the table or make a fool of ourselves yeah so I look back at Chelsea's results so 21st of January was Tuchel's first game nil nil with Wolves which was like half the half the I remember half the coverage was like oh boring no no penetration didn't score a goal very like very few shots on target and the other half was like oh my god Wolves barely touched the ball Chelsea all of a sudden are this like really really compact possession comfortable on the ball team um mm. and then beat Burnley beat Spurs beat Sheffield United beat Newcastle drew with Southampton beat Atletico Madrid due to Man U beat Liverpool beat Everton drew to Leeds uh so not then second leg not Atletico Madrid out beat Sheffield United then there was the West Brom 5-2 game which is just like one of those he said chaos that is that was like the most chaotic maybe that with the the when uh, Villa beat Liverpool 7-3 or whatever maybe that was wins chaotic game of the year but that was close then away to Porto beat Porto beat Palace um, lost second leg to Porto whatever won beat City in the se- second leg of the FA Cup final drew to Brighton beat West Ham Real Madrid beat them or knock them out beat Fulham beat City in the league, lost to Arsenal in that weird Jorginho class-back game, then lost the FA Cup final to Leicester, then beat Leicester, then lost to Villa and then won the Champions League. There's not many losses in like a good spell of time. I always wonder whether I just like view Chelsea games with an element of bias where like I think you're always so much more critical of your own team than you are other teams because there's an expectation, right? But I think looking at like Lampard era any manager before Tuchel like we've always been a team that fluctuates massively like we either win games and look really dominant or just seem like nobody turned up that day and I think like I'm actually happy with draws like (laughs) I'm happy with draws and wins rather than like winning 5-0 I mean let's just ignore the West Brom game everything I say will not apply to the West Brom game but (laughs) yeah I, I just think that he's just brought in like an element of like stability that I think we were just lacking before. And I think that just comes down to fixing our defence. I think he's just fixed fixed our defence in a way that we just never had before. And maybe bringing Silver in made a difference, just having that anchor at the back. But yeah, it just we just feel like it was, it's been, I, I was joking before the, Champions League final saying I want to get a t-shirt with Tuchel's face on it because I've just turned into a Thomas Tuchel fangirl but before the FA Cup final I've maybe spent about two months just walking around going it's a great time to be a Chelsea fan (laughs) I was saying it to everyone and then that did come back to haunt me both in the FA Cup final and the Women's Champions League final and I was getting a lot of texts just quoting me back uh, about it being a great time to be a Chelsea fan but it is. It is. It has been a great time to be a Chelsea fan overall. Yeah. Did your expectations for Chelsea change when Tuchel became the manager, or were you still just like, okay, a decent season, I'll take it? I didn't really know much about him as a manager when he came in, and I was 
I was disappointed to see Frank Lampard go, but I think that's because I grew up as a fan of Chelsea during his golden years as a player. And I thought, so yeah, there was a bit of a disappointment that he was leaving. And I was just kind of like, I didn't really expect that one manager would be able to turn around the group of players that we had because I thought we had a lot of really great individual players but I wasn't sure that anyone would be able to figure out how to piece them together it didn't make sense to me how all of those exceptional individuals could fit together because I didn't think Frank could crack it and I just thought he knew them so well from the academy or from working with them all individually I I kind of had faith that he would be able to piece them together so I I actually thought like this will take some dramatic changes in the team rather than just like one manager to come in and and change it all but I think he has he has managed to, to solve that puzzle a little bit so I think my expectations changed over time just as I saw like I mean, that first game, like that nil, like, like you say, that first game, that nil-nil game was like, we looked like a different football team altogether. It, within days, a day of training, yeah. he managed to turn us around that quickly. I think the foundations were built by other managers, like I do. I think Frank obviously brought through quite a lot, a lot of the young players. And before that, even, I was talking about this the other day with someone, I was like, I don't know if, the way that Tuchel has set us up would have worked if we didn't have some players on that team that actually played under Sarri. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like thoughts about Sarri ball and this like possession-based football. But 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 the mentality shift when Sarri came in of just being like we are a team that holds possession for as long as possible. There are elements of that in Tuchel's setup too that I think wouldn't have we wouldn't have adapted so quickly had we not had players that I think played under both of those managers previously. Yeah, that's interesting. Because obviously Jorginho is like the centrepiece of that the Sarri thing, right? And there's, I remember watching games where like individually he would have more passes than the opposition. Like there'd be those games at Stamford Bridge. It's like, Jorginho's had like 211 passes and I don't know, Burnley have had 204 or something. Um, but then there's other times where now when you watch him and particularly when he's next to next to Kante there's just this it's, it's it's so much it just seems so much more efficient there's like no there's none of this like like we'll keep the ball if we have to keep the ball but if we have a chance to play then we'll, we'll go forwards um, yeah and I think that's like particularly when you start getting into like you know latter stages of the Champions League when you're playing against good teams like if you don't move the ball quickly you're you're going to get picked off. They're going to nick the ball off you and go counter attack and score. Um, yeah. So, so that's been definitely a change that I've noticed from watching. Yeah, and I think we have just like more stretch that we than we had under like um, there was a video going around. There was like Chelsea Twitter is hilarious. Like some of the fans <laughs> on Twitter is just like really funny. And and someone had posted like, oh my god, Pep has completely got our tactics rumbled. And it was a clip of Pep Guardiola just explaining how Chelsea sets up. And it's like, oh, it's not rocket science. Like he has maybe just watched some games, but Mm. um, he was talking about how Chelsea, like the new formation basically means that we have so much stretch in all areas of the pitch and we play really tiny passes. And I think we've, 
we had that like possession down and we had maybe the width down but I do think the attacking players that we've got now gives us like a bit more strength like lengthwise and like a bit of a quicker press that we we didn't have before and I think that's maybe made the difference of like we don't need to hold the ball as much because actually if you can get into Mount or or Pulisic even or you can play a long ball over to Havertz or Werner like we're immediately on the front foot I don't know if we had those outlets in the same way before I mean we had we had Hazard but he was like a one-man band quite a lot of the time yeah yeah I think like it's, it's funny you say that so I the last time I saw Chelsea play in person you beat us 2-0 at Spurs were at home and that was with Lampard and that was last year so the it's like Willian I think Willian scored both he's got a penalty and he he like played a short corner and Aurier just sort of like watched him collect the ball and drive towards and then went to engage by that point he already scored but I think the front three was Abraham Willian Mount that was the first time I saw Mount play as like one of those tens and to compare though like Willian instead like Pulisic or or um, Ziyech or Havertz or even Werner if he's playing there and like like Werner's been playing you know maybe nominally but playing centrally instead of Abraham it's just a completely different profile of player that if you want to talk about stretching the pitch and like running in behind like it's just it's, those are the players you want to do that yeah yeah for sure yeah and I think I mean our, our like transfer season our transfer season like you know we spent an absurd amount of money and brought in loads and loads of strikers basically like we brought in you know Havertz Werner Pulisic was kind of already there but he was getting a bit more game time we brought Hudson all the way back like he was he's on the pitch than me we had Abraham we still got Giroud like we had so many options ZH, yeah so many options up front and and that never really felt like it was going to be an issue for us and I was like we need but we haven't we needed uh, a maybe safer pair of hands in goal and we've got Mendy and then I think we needed to sort ourselves out defensively and I thought that was going to maybe take take a change of personnel but it looks like a couple of tweaks but really it was just about how we were setting up that made all the difference it's interesting to me though that like we spent all of that money on and a lot of focus went on these kind of big ticket attacking players but I'm not sure and Maybe you saw it when you were going through your stats, but I'm not sure whether we've won a game more than like two nil since Tuchel's come in. Mm. I think uh, it's low yeah, scoreline. Palace and, four one, one away. Yeah, maybe that's the highest score. So four goals in a game, so you won by three goals. Yeah. Oh, more more come in the third round of the FA Cup probably doesn't really count. <laughs> yeah, three 0 West Ham. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good point. I think it's so funny with stuff like that, where it's like, obviously, the di- like, like if you think about the goal in the final, the difference that having so like Werner runs to, to create the space, Mount like picks up a really good position, gets the ball, like kind of breaks, and then straight away has a space to play a pass into, and Havertz is just there, like great run, great sort of half first touch, half anticipate the keepers coming out. Um, that's just the case of like really good, smart players who have just like got those instincts, you know, that's like, obviously if you want to pay, you can pay a lot of money for players like that, but like Havertz isn't like, who did I hear someone say? It's just like, he's not going to be mad at the match every week. 
but he will have an impact on the game, you know? Yeah. And that's it, it costs lots of money to get someone who could do that in a Champions League final. Like it just does. Yeah. A player that is I don't know, like there's there's been all this like I listened to a lot of the post match talk, which has been like, you know, he really kept his head, he was really cool in front of goal, and it's like he's a he was one on one with the keeper and then he had an open goal, but like many players would have just scuffed that at his age in a Champions League final. Like there is an element of pressure that comes with it. And I suppose it is, yeah, you're right. It's there's an there's something about a player that can just like be there for that moment when they get their chance rather than necessarily having those moments in every game. That was what was weird about City. It was like City have all these players who are so good in so many different types of moments, and just none of them. Like I felt like Carl Walker was their best player. Yeah. And that was just really weird. And that, obviously, like Chelsea need praise for, for being able to nullify threats. And the wing-backs were obviously great. And Kante is obviously great. Um, and like you couldn't say anyone for Chelsea like played anything other than really well. But I was still just kind of like, OK, like, we, need, we need something here from, from someone. And it just, didn't, yeah. it just didn't come. It didn't happen. I felt like the the times when City just looked most dangerous, they've just got so much speed, right? Like any time they were on the counter, I was it was some nervous watching because they're just so quick. And I'm like, I'm, these are players that can get around our defenders. If they're in a foot race one-on-one, they're going to win every time. Like watching Sterling whilst he was on just kind of like hammer <laughs> towards our goal. But then there was just something... It just felt like there was always just a second where they pulled back slightly. It was, and I'm not really sure. I I do think we defended well. I do think we get we we narrowed their options a little bit, but there was a little bit of a hesitancy from their side. I don't think they adapted very well to how we defend were defending, and then it just they looked a bit lost. Like they had all those midfielders out. I thought they they were at least going to equalise in that second half. 100%. I didn't see I didn't see it remaining 1-0 for a whole game. I was like there's no way they're going to come out in the second half and not have shifted and Pep wouldn't have like, you know, played his sort of like chess game against Tuchel at half time mm. and and pulled apart what we were doing and they found those holes because we weren't perfect by any measure. We made some really silly mistakes. No, it's uh, it's just a just a really fun game. It's just one of those games where I was like, I was I was expecting City to win, but then it was I was watching. I was just like, this is great. Like this is so great. And there's so many fun young English players, which is obviously exciting because the Euros are so soon. Um, but more than anything, I was just like, this is this is just a good, really good Champions League final in a way that like um, last year I watched it and it was really fun because I remember just like Bayern Munich defending with like their line like literally on the halfway line is just against Mbappe was just like oh my god at any point they're just gonna obviously get in year before obviously Spurs Liverpool and like we could see the penalty after 30 seconds so that wasn't that much fun it's been a while since I've been like really really just been able to sit watch the game enjoy 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 and I did yeah um, you mentioned Mendy how how much of a difference does it make for a fan to know that your keeper just like isn't gonna do anything stupid I mean a huge difference a huge difference. I share a season ticket with my brother. So I've been to a few games pre-Mendy era and sat right behind the goal and watched, like, just nervously watch our distribution under every other keeper. It's like, we can't, like, the distribution is terrible. And if the ball is moderately on target, it was just like, well, I think I'm almost certain this is going in. doesn't matter how good our defenders are. Like, this is almost certainly going in. And just, Mendy's just, 
it's like a difference maker. It's like, I don't think the change in keeper gets enough credit for how much of a difference that makes just the strength of your back line. Like there's always so much talk of like solid centre backs or like, they've got, you know, you've got that like one sweeper that will just tidy everything up. And it's like, you've got a keeper that can distribute well, or if a shot goes on target, he makes sure absolutely nothing goes in then you, that's half the job. Like, it's the most... Yeah, it may, it's such a difference. It's such a difference. Yeah, because there was that stretch where Kepa literally conceded, like, four or five shots from outside the box. Like, yeah. was, I got, maybe It might have even been more than that. It was like, just that everything... Teams are just shooting because Kepa's in goal. Like, oh, yeah, might as well. <laughs> just yeah. There was a period where he was sort of spoken about, like, like how we speak about it in like five aside when you see like their striker take a turn in goal. It's just like, oh, just have a punt. <laughs> if you can shoot, just have a shot because it will go in. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. do. And I, I felt sorry for Kepa, you know, I think Kepa and Kepa was sort of like, you know, was the most expensive keeper at the time that yeah. he was bought. And I think we have, a bit of an issue at Chelsea of just like these huge big media spins over these massive signings we do and then the players like the people behind that don't like feel that pressure and don't necessarily match up to it because I felt similarly about like I was so pleased for Havertz getting that goal because yeah. I was like after yeah. the season he's had and the amount of pressure that was put on him when he's so young and moved over to a different country during a pandemic and couldn't go home to visit his family and was learning a language and was coming into a team full of people that could fill his position if he didn't immediately make an impact and it all it was just like that price tag just kept putting get going out in every headline it was like he can he needs to just like hide from it for a bit and sit on the training ground let him, let him play let him, let, let, let him play and I think Kepa had a maybe a similar I mean it wasn't in a pandemic time but I just don't think the media spin around these big signings helps the the human beings that are behind like proving their worth yeah I think that's always going to happen with Chelsea particularly off the back of a transfer ban and like the kind of yeah short-term just we need a quick fix. We need, but that was what was so good about his interview. Where he's like, "I don't give a fuck about that. We just won the fucking Champions League. Like, what a great way to just be like, shut up. Obviously, obviously, we're gonna be fine." Yeah, and I'm, I was like, I was quite gutted that he like did all the swearing, and I know it won't get as much like coverage because of it. Because actually, like, Aspilicueta came over afterwards and was just. It was like such a wonderful interview of those two, and Aspilicueta just like saying so much like saying like how much of a hard worker he is and and how much he deserved that goal and just like the tenacity of him and how much potential he has and I was kind of watching it I was like obviously they're the Premier League players like they're 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 used to the pressure they're used to the um the state the high stakes environment but it is those moments in interviews where you're like well they are also just human beings and like I know I don't I don't play I don't play for Chelsea, I play for like a little grassroots club. But like when one of your fellow players like tells you that you did an amazing job, like that just feels like that's, I can't imagine that that feeling ever goes away. You still want to hear that you have done, you've scored the goal that got your team through and that confidence boost and just like shutting up all the people that have maybe 
made him feel a bit less than in this season. I think. Mm. I think it's hope. I I think it will at least carry through to like maybe a very good Euros season for him in mm. playing for Germany, and I'm interested to see how some of our players like go in go off the back of the Champions League into their into their um home teams and see how that transfers there. Yeah, there's a lot of well, Ch- well from the Chelsea's team in Rudiger's in the Germany squad, right? Mm-hmm. So Rudiger, uh, Havertz, Werner. Fuck, Germany is good, man. Germany are really good because yeah. they've got God, God Kimmich as well has just been so good for Bayern. They're really good. Um, yeah, Aspilicueta is such a funny one because uh, he 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 came just after you won it in 2012, right? So he like just missed that. So he's kind of had this like, let's get us back there kind of thing. And obviously, hasn't always been like captain, and but it was clearly like one of those like, hi, I'm a consummate pro. This is me. I'm quite boring, but like everyone likes that. Um, yeah. And I think for a stretch, like he was one of, if not the best, like one v one defenders in the league. Like he had a stretch where it was like. You just aren't going to... Like, I remember there was that stupid Van Dyke stat that was like, no one's got past him since, like, the dawn of time. And I feel like Aspilicueta had a stretch like that maybe, like, four years ago, three or four years ago, where just, like, he was the best defender. And then, yeah, a little tweak. Obviously, he played, he played in a back three with Conte, but it's just it's just a little bit... I don't know, it's just a bit slicker now. You can see it. And obviously, Chilwell and James are a big part of that. Like, I think there's a decent case that they have to start for England. Um, yeah. Now, particularly off the back of that final, we'll see how the, these warm-up games go. But yeah, it's just yeah, he's had a, he's had such a fun career. I think that would have been such a fun career to have. Yeah, and and such like I think he he's a kind of like anomaly in the team in that sense, right? Like I guess I was, I was talking just now about how it's like all the kids that are just starting out, and he's the one player that I think has been there for such a long time, and this feels like uh, a big moment that he's been building up to but yeah I think he 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 is he's just a a like solid man isn't he it's like there's nothing I don't come away from a match being like Asby had like this amazing game I'm just like he just gets the job done he's consistent Mm. and he 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 seems like a, a like presence in the team rather than someone who's necessarily like a like has these big moments yeah um but you need those players. You need you need the you need the ones that are just solid and turn up every week for the the players that you know. You need you need him for players like Havertz to have their moment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I watched the Spurs Leicester game with loose and loads of Leicester fans, um, and I felt really bad for them because like they had the big high of the FA Cup final. And then the low of not finishing in the top four. And Chelsea have had that the other way around. You've had the low of the FA Cup final, then this like, oh, we didn't beat Villa, but we still get in the top four. And then this massive crescendo of winning the Champions League. Um, that I, I presume that just puts you in like the best mood going into next season. When if those fixtures had been in a different position, you'd be like, oh fuck, we didn't even win the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah. hundred percent. It was I watched the um I was watching bits of the the Chelsea Villa game and but was actually maybe more closely watching the Spurs Leicester game because because turns out Gareth Bale is maybe like a Chelsea player after all. <laughs> <laughs> secret <laughs> agent. It's our secret agent. Yeah, we've got a couple. We've got Gareth Bale at Tottenham, and then we've got 
Louise at Arsenal, who every time we Better played... Better check at Arsenal as well, I always thought yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we... I went and watched the Chelsea-Arsenal game with Polly Adams, and I think it was a game where, like, David Louise, like, got, got a red card, got sent off. Dreadful, but um, I was like, yeah, he, he, he's our secret agent, but... Um, the the roller coaster of like the last couple of weeks has been real because I was like not I wasn't convinced we were going to win Saturday night I really thought City turned up on those big occasions better than we do and I thought we were going to beat Leicester in the FA Cup so it all ended up happening like the opposite way around to, to what I thought it was but a top four finish under whatever circumstances we scraped our way in there I think just does set us up really nicely for next season and. I'm hope I'm hopeful that Tuchel's contract will get extended and that we get yeah, to see to. see his 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 like longer term plan for the team because I think like what he's done in half a season is remarkable. Um and what I'm wondering like if he can turn the stuff around that quickly, what, what can he do? What can he do like over a full a full season or a couple? Yeah. Yeah. What's it like to have N'Golo Kante play for the team that you support? Uh, it's the best feeling in the world. It must be the best thing ever. It was. I was reading a Guardian article earlier. It's. Um, it was about how basically Kante is just the best player of all time. <laughs> like it was just, <laughs> just like it, it. It read just like a glowing tribute to Kante. It was just he. I think they, it was. The setup for this article was really funny. It was talking about how Man City, you know, went out with a team of midfielders and really like tried to dominate possession in midfield, and then it just switched. And it was like Chelsea tried to do the same thing with one man. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like all these stats. I think I wrote it down actually. It was the stat about how many, like he he won every single tackle he made in the game, mm. and he. He had two interceptions, three clearances, four headers, but like over his two call time has only lost two games. Like they've only lost two games in which Kante has played. played. I think the the FA Cup final and the second leg against Porto. But he's just a he's he's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. That's uh, someone put up a just like won the league of Leicester 2016, won the league of Chelsea 2018, won the World Cup with France in 2018. Well, like just every year he wins like a major trophy. If France go win the Euros, he's like arguably had like the best five years of any footballer ever. Like there's, yeah. I don't know who, who else has won literally every major trophy in the span of five years. Like just, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And, and, and you just, I just think if any other player was being that successful, you would hear from them constantly, but he's yeah. just such, such a humble guy and just quite media shy and quite generally quite shy, apparently. And he just kind of like this, like you hear nothing from him. He turns up on the football pitch, plays these just like unbelievable games, and then just like disappears. And he just like, I just, I wonder what hap- what he does off the pitch. Like I just yeah. wonder like what his what he's up to what how does he how does he turn up like that every time how is he coming into like he's he's fairly old for that position i guess like he's yeah and even for the chelsea squad he's like 30 and he's probably like what one of the senior players isn't he yeah but he he's like 30 and he just feels like he's coming into he's having the best 
season of his career. He seems to just get better every year. Mm. Um, and for a position which is so well, his his style of play is so based around his pace and his like reaction time and like that explosive power. For him to be getting better at that every year, it's just yeah, he's so, a machine. Superhuman. Yeah, the way he reads stuff and the way he's just ready, like he's just in the right position. So it's that coupled with like obviously great physical attributes. But it means that he's never really having to make like, it doesn't seem like he has to make like, enormous recovery runs because he's just there. So he's just like one step, nick the ball, carry it. Or like there was a thing that was like he, he won the most headers in the game and he was the shortest player on the pitch. That's yeah. all stuff like you obviously have to be in the right position in order to do that as well. And there's even times... Uh, maybe more in the league than the Champions League, but then he won man of the match like three or four games in a row in the Champions League. So maybe maybe just every game. Where it's just like all of a sudden he's like receiving the ball between the lines and he's this like kind of just whatever you need a midfielder to do. Oh, I can do it. Thomas, just by the way, like if you want me to do that, I can just do that. I had never like fully, fully like realised just what an asset he was until I think I watched the, the World Cup when he played for France. And then I was just like, oh, hold on, like this guy... I maybe need to just like watch where he is on the pitch at all time because he's he's just there. He's like is one of those players where like if you pause him if you pause a match and look at his positioning, it's perfect every time. Like off his off the ball play is like incredible, mm-hmm. and I, I hope he stays forever and ever. We never lose him. Mm-hmm. There was a period where it looked like Chelsea were about to have like the greatest three weeks in the history of any football club ever where it was like you're in the FA Cup final you're in the Women's Champions League final you're in the Men's Champions League final and then luckily I suppose for Spurs fans anyone who's not a Chelsea fan you lost two of those three games um but I guess you won you won the last one so it feels like a feels like a big high um I know it's a little while ago now but what did you think of the Chelsea Barcelona game the most painful 90 minutes of football I think it was painful for me for a couple of reasons I had managed to convince friends and family to watch maybe their first ever women's game and I was like Chelsea women's are in the final against Barcelona it's going to be an incredible game it's going to be like you know like a lot of my a lot of my family a lot of my friends are, are big football fans they watch the men's game and and there's this like hangover of I guess what they think the women's game is based on prejudice or what the women's game maybe used to be mm. um, and I was just like if you ever watch one game just watch this game and then we go one nil down after 30 seconds and I'm like well I'm pretty sure 60% of the people are convinced to watch it have maybe just turned it off <laughs> <laughs> but um so it's painful for that reason but also just like bad bad decision that cost us uh, two bad decisions within eight minutes of the game cost us the rest of the game I think the that that goal and that first goal was such a scramble I I've watched it back so many times I don't even think I can pick out how it happened I don't think if it ha- I think if the same game was played again under the exact same circumstances, it might not even go in. Yeah, definitely. And then the and then the penalty was 
uh, I mean, they happen in games, right? Like, yeah. like whether or not you think it should be a penalty or whether or not we should have got a penalty later in the game. Yeah. Those, just those like flip of a coin decisions from referees can can change the course course of games, and then the the rest of it was just us not responding to to being two 0 down, and 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 but also not responding to a team in Barcelona that I actually think ultimately came out with more fight than we did, um, and more tenacity and more conviction than I think we had so yeah it was it was it was it was brutal it was, it was brutal. wasn't it yeah it was it was but still still a good a good year it's weird the FA Cup's not till like December is it there's like games they've got some I don't know when the fixtures are but the finals in December which is just really odd yeah yeah that's and then but you know and then I think there was so much focus on the the Champions League final that like with like that a lot of focus went off of the winning the winning the league. Won the league. Yeah, we won, we the, won league. the league. That's the we whole point. The yeah. <laughs> we won the league and we won it in in maybe one of the like most competitive leagues there has been yeah. in in the women's game. Like it wasn't the competition we were up against this year was incredible. Like to see the seasons that Man United had and 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 Man City and Arsenal, like everyone, it was just it was. I like I I I love winning, like both when I play and when I watch. When I'm convinced that we've beaten the best teams out there, and it felt like the the women's league this year was was that, and we won it, and we won it on actual points and winning games rather than like. I think last year it was like points per game, yeah. Per game, yeah. That is weird, isn't it? That just is weird that a season finishes like that, and you're like, oh, you're champions. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Obviously, you're happy, but it's just not the same as that. Oh, yeah, we actually played all our games, and like you say, beat the other teams. It's definitely way, way yeah. better. Yeah, um, and I think it was just it was. I think like I guess the reason like I'm trying to remind myself we won the league, even though we lost the Champions League, is I think I you, when you have a manager like Emma Hayes, who's like so much an advocate for her team and like so she says so many great things in interviews that she gets like a lot of coverage I think you go along that journey with them and it was like so clear that like she was happy she won the league but the Champions League was the one that really mattered to her so I think like as a fan I've just kind of like adopted that sadness with her that like they didn't get that but we did we won the league and the FA Cup is still to come and in two years' time, maybe we'll do a Barcelona and absolutely turn someone over in the Champions yeah. League final. Yeah, that's kind of a recurring theme. It's like the team who've been there before win. Tuchel, been there before, comes back and wins. Um, yeah. Shall we have a go at picking a joint men's team, women's team, Chelsea team of the year? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so let's let's hear yours. Let's hear yours. I've got I've got some. Well, I've got players who I think are candidates to be in. So let's hear your team and then I'll make the case, devil's advocate case for someone who I think could be in there but isn't. Okay. To be clear, because I maybe got confused on my brief. I have a men's team, I have a women's team. Are we combining those things together? Okay, let's hear... Men's and women. I, w- I thought we would do a combined one. We can do that. Okay, so let's... Okay, so I'm guessing your candidates are Berger and Mendy to be your keeper. Uh, yeah. Who, who are you taking? 
I suppose before you say, before you say, before you say, before you say, I'm thinking here, it's like, who's who's had the best season, right? That's It's like, who's had the best season out of the keepers? We'll choose a formation. Who's had the best season going all the way up the pitch? This year, who deserves to be in, yeah, based on their performances? So, yeah, sorry. Okay. So, based on that, I'm taking Berger. Okay. My keeper. Because just consistency. Yep. Um, and then... Yeah, and some big moments. Like the save against Man City is still just like a joke of a save and that probably won you the league realistically. Yeah, it's 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 like it's that save that you see and then you find it on the internet and then you send it to all your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like send the clip to everybody because <laughs> that's a worldie. Um so yeah, yeah, hundred percent burger. Um and then I think oh Who's in my defensive lineup? Right, okay. I'm going Thiago Silva because I think every okay. team needs a Thiago Silva. And then I'm sticking Millie Bright in there. Okay. And you might have to make a decision about your manager now. Are we going back three or or two centre backs? I'm going back three. Okay. I'm going back three. I'm going my back three is Silva. Millie Bright and then Rudiger. Okay, so silver sweeper, Rudiger left side, bright right side. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. And then I'm um, going Reese James and Chilwell because I just adore them both. Yep. In the middle of the pitch, I'm putting Kante because mm-hmm. of all the aforementioned reasons. And G. And then I'm going Mount, and mm-hmm. and then I'm going Kirby Kerr. Kirby Kerr, yeah. Okay. So it looks like a two cool team. Yeah. So we've got back three wing backs. Okay. So um, notable omissions: Ericsson. She missed some time though. She missed some games. So that's probably why she doesn't get in, but definitely saw the impact that she can have when she comes in. Um, then I suppose Sophie Ingle and Jorginho, the two that, I mean, Kante has to be in. No, no arguments with G. I think she's, she's class. Um, it's just, uh, when Josh was on, we did the preview, we talked about um, Kovacic and how good Kovacic is. Mm. And, it does feel like if he'd been fully fit, he would have played more and he would have a have a case, I suppose. Um, but but no arguments there. Yeah, Mount Kirby Kerr, I think that's decent. So on your bench then, if you had five subs, who's on your bench? So my subs are Neve Charles. Yeah. Uh, Harder. Yeah. Then Pulisic. Yeah. Jorginho. Mm-hmm. And Mendy, I suppose, if you want a subkeeper. Yeah, I guess we need a subkeeper, Mendy. <laughs> just outfield players. <laughs> yeah, just outfield players. Uh, that's a very, very good team. I'd like to see that team play. Two cool head coach, Emma Hayes' assistant, if they're playing two cool's formation. But then I don't see Emma Hayes being anyone's assistant. I've mentioned like Thomas, look, mate, you've been here five minutes. Sit down. Yeah, I think I think Emma Hayes. 
imagine imagine the pairing of those two actually because like emma hayes in terms of like mentality i mean the the mentality the mentality monsters thing and just like that like drive as coach and then just thomas tuchel's like chess brain and like tactics i would love to see that i would i would i I was actually looking uh see if there was any like interviews between the two of them or like any meetings and there's like absolutely nothing but i think someone should there was they there there was a there's a picture of them on the pitch together at uh i can't remember where they're wearing the like new chelsea tracks i think it was at some photo shoot yeah i i I want i want like the face face to face i want like one of those really dramatic interviews where they're both sat in a chair with like a spotlight (laughs) on them just like talking football for like 90 minutes that's that's what i really want like a one-on-one yeah i'd love that but yeah it's the if we could if we could get them together i'd take both but yeah Mm -hmm. maybe hayes would need to be be main main manager and tuchel's assistant who's your captain my captain would be um, Millie Bright. Okay, fair enough. Don't hate it. Don't hate Don't it. Don't hate it. No, is that dramatically think... different to yours? No, I feel like with that group of players, maybe you go. Well, it's probably Millie Bright and Thiago Silva are the two captain, vice captain. Yeah. I suppose. Um, that's a very strong team. So Berger. Bright, Silver, Rudiger, James right side, Chilwell left side, Kante, G, and then Mount Kirby Kerr. Yeah, that is, that's potent. Pulisic, super sub, or Pulisic and Harder, super sub, if you're chasing the game. If you're winning the game and you want to just slow things down, you bring Jorginho on. If you want to tweak the system, you can bring Lee Charles on. And if anything happens to Berger, you bring Mendy in. I like it. I like it, Lauren. Cool. Good job. Yeah. Maybe if Emma Hayes needs an assistant, I can I can step forward. But I'm sure your your services will be welcomed <laughs> at Cobham. I would love that. I would love that. She is my hero. Yeah, big summer ahead. She's doing uh, what's she doing? ITV. She's definitely doing coverage for someone. For yeah, the Euros. yeah. I hadn't seen that. Oh I, yeah, I, she's she's doing ITV because someone tweeted can't wait for Emma Hayes and Roy Keane to have like a bust up over something because that will be great TV. Incredible television. <laughs> I, I, I would love to see how much media training they're going to make her do to eliminate swearing <laughs> just ahead of yeah. that because she, she, uh, yeah, she, the, the, the emotion can take over, let's put it that way. Yeah, but, sure. uh, yeah that, that, that would be brilliant. She's quite the personality. Yeah, Wicked European champion Laura Fitzgerald, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Josh. Hugh.